Hey friends, your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. In this weekly show, I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the Wizards of the Coast hardcover adventure Rime of the Frost Maiden. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to help support shows like this, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive material, video previews, uh, previews of things that I'm putting on in the future, all different kinds of stuff. But most of all, they help me put on shows like this. So we are coming pretty close. We're, we're definitely aiming for the end of this campaign. We are, we are in, we are a good ways into the Caves of Hunger. And we are headed towards the city of Yethrin, the, the ruined city of Yethrin. And so everything's starting to narrow down in our, in our, in our frost mating game here, which I'm happy about. We were talking a little bit about a little bit before the show about like, Hey, now that I'm deep into it, how do I feel about frost maiden? I don't recommend it. Right. I think the, the, sh the short answer is if you're looking for a campaign adventure, uh, I think there are many other campaign adventures that I would recommend more than this one. And the reason for that is this campaign has required me to do far more work than I think I should have to do to wrangle a fun campaign to wrangle together a fun campaign when I'm buying a hardcover book. I think there are many others. I, I of course, recommend Curse of Strahd is excellent and, and Tomb of Annihilation. Those are my top two big hardback campaign adventures. And then, of course, Lost Minds of Fandelver and Dragon of Icebrier Peak, the two starter set and, and Essentials Kid adventures I love as well. And then there's, you know, I have a whole ranking. There's another video where I have a whole ranking of all my adventures. But I think this one's on the bottom of the list. I, there, there are just, there are so many aspects to it that have taken so much work for me to wrangle that I, I just don't recommend it. And in other videos and in articles, I will talk about what are the specific things you can do to wrangle it together. Because more so than telling you, hey, I didn't like it, uh, is if you're running it, here are things you can do, and that, in my opinion, to, to, to make it better. But when it comes, I will say this, when it comes to the Caves of Hunger, that part of it has been running very smooth. I've had to change very little and it's run very easily. Uh, I've had not a lot of trouble. The only trouble there is like almost every major monster stat block in this, I've had to rebuild the stat block around something that I liked because there's kind of three big stat blocks for three major villains in this one. There is the stat block for the three stat blocks for Oral the Frost Maiden. There is the stat block for the for the Shardalon Dragon. And there's the stat block for Teklili, the Vampire Knoll. None of those stat blocks worked for me. Uh, all of them I feel would not have played either if I either I started to run them as they were and I didn't like how they ran or I looked at them and immediately said, yeah, it's not going to run like they are. Most of the two of the three of those are legendary monsters that don't have any legendary traits. So a Vampire Knoll is going to get banished in one shot and, and, and disappear. So it's far more important to turn them into legendary creatures, which it did. And it worked out really well. So let's take a look at what happened last time. Old session notes. We we began the last session facing off against Teklili the Vampire. And I changed up Teklili's stat block. I can't remember how. I think I just used the vampire stat block and reflavored reflavored it with Teklili's stuff. And that worked well. I did have him they they fought him for a while and they beat him around enough that he then fled. He didn't really flee. He sort of, he left the battle as, as the kobold vampire spawns also fled and kind of left the characters to sort of recuperate. So 
it was sort of a so we I haven't yet brought in the Knight's Kiss stuff. I'll probably that that will probably happen today. It did start off with Tech Lily choking Gore. That was fun. We had the Cobalt Vampires. The Remoraz egg is beginning to wiggle and grow, and that's certainly a thing. They're hearing about the the ancient creature, the ancient creature in in deeper in the mines, this weird old one that's frozen in the ice. That's certainly gonna come in. Maybe it's a Ferrum. I'm not sure. Maybe it's something else. It might be fun if it's a living Ferrum, right? This this kind of I don't know. I don't know what I want to do with that. May, might be better to throw the Ferrum stuff out and stick to like Lovecraftian cyclo Cyclopean horror stuff because that's what Thrun is, right? So we had a bunch of secrets. Uh, Teklili tormented his prey, feeds off a of fear. That didn't really come up. Teklili layers in a chamber of the monstrosity that does. Same blood that Teklili drank is the same that Ilda's father had fed to her when she was an infant. Yes. So we found out that Ilda, Auken, and Teklili are all connected by the fact that they've drank the blood of this, I think, in different amounts and in different ways and with different rituals. Every time Ilda rages, she gets closer to Thrun that did come up. Teklili transforms uh, a kind of kobolds and the vampires known as the Black Fangs. Yes. Great beasts from other worlds they trapped in the ice. Yes. I don't think they know that yet, but they, they've seen things. Nethery's battled powerful monsters known as Ferrum. Uh, I don't think that came up. Teklili was trapped in the caves of hunger and drank from a black oily pool and became a vampire. They didn't know that. Thrun wasn't the only creature drawn out of the void. No. Nethery's used what the elves had done to open up portals to the far realm, pull the other horrors in. No. The Knight's Kiss traveled down in the caves of hunger. They have a teleportion. That did not come up. Auken has been to Yethrim before. Yes, that came up. The history and fate of the god Mistral are tied up in the story of Nethril's fate. I think this all this stuff did come up. So uh, we've been running this in Albert Rodeo and they've been exploring the map. Let's take a look at the map. I wonder, let's for funsies, what if I load Albert Rodeo up and we take a look at, so here is, let's see, let's drop that out. So it's a little bit bigger. So here's the Caves of Hunger map that we've been running in Albert Rodeo, right? Now, one of the interesting things is up in this chamber here, this, this, this this chamber with this big thing there's a monument that you can activate that launches an arcane eye which meant they could use the eye to explore a lot of the other caves so they explored all the way down here and all of the little wolf tokens are the track the kobold the vampires had left so they followed that and they have seen now they avoided this room they found out that there's a wraith in that room they did not face that i don't remember where it ended Yikes. And they know that here are the vampires, but they haven't gone down uh, to here, which is Tech Lili's chamber. So that's that's definitely that's definitely going to happen. I can't remember if we ended in the middle of a fight. Did we do another? Was there another fight? Gods, this is bad. I don't remember because I, I played two other D&D games since then. I'm, I'm tired. You know, it's very tiring. So, yeah, I don't remember. Maybe I'll check the encounter encounter listing and see. We might end up skipping the whole drow stuff, depending on how, they, how things go, because they, they're not really headed in that direction. Uh, so let's go back, and we will generate a new session planning template. Do, do, do. I think that prep for today would be pretty quick. We'll find out. Today is 7th. Yeah, 7th. Sunday Frostmaiden. I don't know that anybody is out today. I think we might have everybody. Uh, so character-wise, we have Ilda. Ilda is a half-elf, half-goliath. She has tasted the blood of Thrun because her vile stepfather gave it to her. And every time she rages, she's getting closer to Thrun. And she's physically getting closer to Thrun's sarcophagus. I don't know where that's going. 
but that sounds pretty cool. Shadowhawk is being hunted by a bunch of drow known as the Knight's Kiss. He is a half drow, half mind flayer, and he can hear the voice of the old one, but he doesn't know what it's saying. Auken, it turns out, also has somehow been exposed to the blood of Thrun and has been here before. I don't know why. I don't think that came up. I don't think that came up again. Uh, Gorwen Alcazar is a secret noble of the uh, Greycastle family who has come here and is seeking profits and fortune. Perrin Fat Rabbit is a conspiracy theorist, a halfling ranger who has um, was captured by mind flayers but escaped before they did anything terrible to him, unlike Shadowhawk, who actually did get a parasite in him. Candle in the Dark is a former member of the Xanathar Guild uh, down in Skullport who escaped from the Xanathar's clutches and made his way to Icewind Dale along with his family and is now seeking to end the Endless Night to protect not only his family but all of his friends as well. So are there any secrets related? I think, I think like who, how did, how did Auken get exposed to the, the blood of Thrun is an outstanding question that I, that I have. Any other secrets? I think so when we review the characters, you can kind of jump straight to secret character-based secrets. So some, what are some character-based secrets? Ilda, as Ilda gets closer, gets closer to Thrun, her connection to the ancient horror grows stronger. I think that is a good one. I'm going to steal, let's see, we're going to open up in a new window. I'm going to steal some secrets from the last time. I know we talk about not doing that, but I'm doing it anyway. When you review the secrets, you end up stealing the secrets. And because I'm going to end up writing it down anyway. And so I think the Knight's Kiss, this, this Knight's Kiss secret stands just as strongly. But I think the secret is Auken was exposed to Thrun's influence as well. The blood of the old ones, right? But who did it? Is a is a good question. Was it like an old shaman that was perhaps maybe an old shaman that was an actual that was actually Father Limac? Maybe. I mean, we can do that one and see. An old Goliath shaman who was actually Father Limac gave the blood to Auken when his father thought he was going to die. Maybe all of his strength and power comes from the fact that he has his blood in him. He was like, maybe he was weak and, and not going to survive birth. And then Father Limac and the guys of the shaman said, drink this and it will, you know, drink this and it will work. And maybe it was the blood. Of, maybe that's like a, a, an awkward secret. And that's why he dreams of this place. I think that might be cool. Any other character-driven secrets? Uh, I don't think anything from Perrin because we did some Perrin secrets last time. Shadowhawk, we've got the Knight's Kiss. Candle. I don't know if there's any secrets for Candle. Candles, a lot of their stuff has all kind of come out. So I think those those are the character-driven secrets. So the strong start. Let me take a look at my encounters and see if we were in the middle of a fight. I really don't remember where we ended. Yeah, so they fought a skeletal juggernaut. They beat that thing. I don't think, I think we just ended with them beginning to explore these halls. So they found weird ghostly stuff in, in this chamber, in this guy here. They know that there's a wraith in this form, but I don't think they engage the wraith yet. So I don't think they're in the middle of a battle. They're, they're heading quickly towards the kobold, you know, towards kobold vampires. So I think we, we might have some, some kobold vampires show up. I think, where's the drow? I don't remember where the drow stuff is. I guess we'll find out. So what is a strong start? What, what, what will occur down here? 
So I think like the voice of the old one, right? We can we can we can reinforce this, right? Calls out to Aachen and Ilda. It's heard by Shadowhawk. All others have to save versus stress. So maybe it's now getting loud enough that they can hear it and it's echoing through their minds and blood's gonna come from their eyes and they're gonna go to their happy places. I like the stress effects table a lot. I'm using the the stress effects table from the Lazy DMs Companion, the upcoming book, Lazy DMs. I think that's interesting. Maybe a deep rumble, uh, rumble follows and candles, egg shifts again. So that's cool. Uh, scene wise, the ghosts of the Netherees, these are weird hauntings, right? Not, not anything specific. The ghosts of the Netherees are going to be one. The, another scene is what? So facing the Black Fangs, right? And then facing Teklili. They've already had a big fight against Teklili. Uh, so we'll see how that second fight goes. He's pretty dangerous on his own as a legendary creature when I beef up his damage. So I think that, and then, you know, traveling deeper into, oh yeah, seeing the old one. And that one is a big vehicle for secrets and clues. Traveling deeper into the caves of hunger and then exploring, this is a big one, exploring Yethrin. And I'm gonna have to do more home. I've, I've read up on the section of Yethrin, but I still need to kind of internalize it and think about what that actually means. So I've got my scenes. So what are some secrets? A vehicle, a very likely vehicle for secrets is going to be the, the corpse of the old one itself. And what would that be? So is there a connection between these ancient horrors and the Ferrum? I don't think so. There are, you know, I think they're different kinds of horrors, right? But I like this secret. Thrun wasn't the only creature pulled out of the, out of the void. That's a good secret. I think we'll keep this Netherese battled. Netherese battled powerful monsters known as Ferrum. We got that. I like these guys. Nethrees used what the elves had done to open up more. So I think I've harvested great beasts from other worlds like trapped in the ice. That's not really, they're about to find that out. That's not really a secret. I can steal a lot from last week's game because I have the three NPCs are all the NPCs I can steal. I can just drop, drop those guys right in. That's handy. So what else? What are some other outer world sort of stuff? So I think one of them is that Father Limac was once, was one of the elves from the Order of the Black Sword who stayed with Thrun's sarcophagus when the Netherese took it into, when the Netherese took it into Yethrim. It twisted and converted him into its collar. I think Father Limac is gonna be kind of the last central villain of this. I'm, you know what? I, I, I wonder, I might not go back to using the oral stat block. I think I might have the boss of this adventure be Father Limac and that's it, right? I don't think I need to bring oral physically back in. Like the question is like, what happens? I don't know. So Phaleron says, uh, do you make any distinction between scenes and encounters? No. The first scene you wrote down seems to be more like encounter stylish where exploring ruined city sounds more like many encounters. Yes. I write whatever helps me. Right. And, and so I, I keep these very loose and, and, and yes, absolutely. They start with specific and they get to general as they, as I go down, I'm just kind of keeping the outline of things in my head. They're not really, in, I mean, they they can be encounters. Scenes can be kind of anything. 
And you're right, exploring Yathrin is a bunch of scenes. Traveling deeper in the Caves of Hunger, lots of scenes. And that's because they're covered in the book. So I'm not, I don't really have to fill out every single scene because I've got all the scenes in the book where the, the first four are generally like a specific scene. I, I, I For some reason, like within, when, I, when I refer to encounter, the problem is like a scene may occur that might not, I mean, it depends on like an encounter. Sometimes, sometimes we conflate combat encounter with encounter. Right where an encounter could be an NPC talking to it. I don't. I'm not crazy about the word encounter, frankly. I know it's the nomenclature, and that's fine. But like, I think it's too rigid, and so I try to use. You know, I try to use. I just try to use scenes. Like you, you note that there's no encounter in here, and it's for that reason that I, I call it a scene for that for that reason. So I hope that answers that question. Any other? What other secrets can they learn in the caves of hunger specifically? What are some things that they can that they can pick up in the caves of hunger specific? That that is kind of leading towards what else is going on. Anything more about the blood? The creature in the ice isn't dead. Many, few of the creatures drawn from the void ever die. A branch of the nether, a, a branch of the netheri delved into the art of chronomancy as a fallback for their dangerous experiments. That's going to be a big clue because they've seen, and they know they're probably going to get involved in that chronomancy because they've seen their own corpses from hundreds of years earlier. So they're like, how did, how did our bodies show up hundreds of years ago? Right. And I'm, I'm foreshadowing a potential option. So, but I, but I'm, I'm going to put in a fail safe in here too. Uh, the art, the Netherese, the Netherese art of chronomancy had a tendency to bridge multiple worlds, creating all sorts of strange paradoxes. One world bleeding into another. This is again a multiverse, you know, this is sort of the, the multiverse, the multiverse angle. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I've got my ten secrets, so let's let's just set those aside for the time being. Let's make our lives easy. I don't have to do any more secrets right now. So fantastic locations. I really don't have to move, do much because it's the Caves of Hunger. And Yethra. So I really don't need to... I link these every time, but I don't think I ever click on them. But I'm going to do it again now, apparently. So we will link Caves of Hunger. And we will link Yethrin. It's kind of handy to be able to click on... I just... I don't know that I ever actually do. The Doom of Yethra. Uh, so NPC-wise, we still have Rend Hollow, the caller of Teklili. We still have Teklili. We have Janth Alwar is around. I don't think there's any other NPCs. There's the the, the Knight's Kisser here. I'll probably improvise those because I'm not even sure where they're going to show up. Monsters are on the book, so I'm not going to worry about that. We do have a vampire, and we have Vampire Spawn. And I think I have my... Did I Have I been moving the Knight's Kiss guys ahead? Oh, yeah, the Elite Warrior and, and Drow Mage. These are members of the Knight's Kiss. They're sticking around. Any kind of treasure. I think we'll stick with what's in the book, but we'll we'll drop a relic. You know, relic. Rough spike, rough spike of oral that casts stone skin. Yeah, that's not bad. I like sort of relics of the Netherese. Plain orb of Mistra that casts circle of power. That, you know, so th this might be an important one for them. Because if they're gonna fight a lich, it would really help if they had a spell like Circle of Power. Circle of Power, let's let's take a look. Circle of power is a really, really good one. And against areas of effect, it's really vital. 10 minutes, diffusing magic within 30 feet of you. It's a fifth level paladin spell. Till the spell ends, spheres moves with you, center name for the duration. Each friendly creature in the air, including you, has advantage on saving throws against spells and magical effects. When affected creature on a saving throw made against a spell or effect that allows it to make a saving throw, it takes only half damage, instead it takes no damage. 
Yeah. Moments every circle of power is so broken. It's not broken. It's just really, really powerful. I'm I'm nervous about giving that out. I don't think I'm gonna give that one out. It's too good. Decorated shard of Bishiba that casts Conjure Elemental. There's no ice elemental, unfortunately. But that's not a bad one. We'll see. We'll see what I'm giving out. So yeah, look, what what has it been? It's been like 15, you know, 20 minutes, and I've got all my notes ready to go. And that's because like I'm already running, I already know what I'm running, right? I know what I'm running, I know what we're doing. And Caves of Hunger is pretty straightforward. So this does, does give me the opportunity, though, to start to think about, okay, let's think two horizons out, right? Focus on your next game. My next game is in an hour, right? And worry about that. But I also want to think about, okay, you know, can I do a little homework here and think about Yethrin and how things are going to go into Yethrin, right? So there's all this stuff. So I'm going to replace uh, Erothalus, the Demi-Lich, is sort of a wandering Demi-Lich that, that harasses the characters. Instead of the Demi-Lich, I am going to replace that with a real Lich. And the real Lich is going to be Father Limac. I think Father Limac is a, is a Lich. I don't know that I need the stat block yet. I may not need the stat block for some, but because there's some priests, I think, I think some books have Lich priests. I don't, you know, man, there's so many books, so many monster books, you know, that I could use a Lich priest. You know what? For fun, let's take a look at level up 5e's Monstrous Menagerie which I just got. And let's look at the Lich there and see what kind of, see how their Lich looks. The Lich is going to be pretty hard because the characters are only like seventh, eighth level, right? They're not very powerful. They're not, it's going to be really hard to fight a regular Lich. So their Lich, 170 hit points instead of 130. So that's nice. A lot, not more, a lot more hit points. A lot of spells, legendary resistances. I'm, you know, it's hard for me not to skim read this. Rejuvenation. Yeah, spell casting, 16th level. So this is a question. Isn't there something about the fact that counter you can't counter a spell that doesn't have a vocal component? Somebody in the chat can remind me if that's the case. Is that the ring why tongue is tongueless utterance important because it means that the that the the lich can't be countered? I don't know. Turn resistance, it's turn. I don't know why they even have advantage on saving throws versus turn. They're just given immunity. So it's got this paralyzing touch, 19, DC 18 or paralyzing. That's a big arc lightning. Three creatures within 60 feet. Each creature makes a DC 18 dexterity saving throw. It takes 28 lightning damage. I like arc lightning. It's better than lightning bolt, right? Because you can. it works well in theater of the mind. Uh, Firebolt. Plus, you know, plus 12 to hit, 16 fire damage. Thunder Weave, DC 20 con save, takes nine thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet. That seems, I don't know why you'd put a nine damage thing. Blur, uh, blurred for one minute. Attacks are made with disadvantage. Uh, and enemies can see, so it can blur itself. Fireball is a typical fireball. It's their weaker fireball. Confusion and disintegrate, 75 damage. Look at that. I, I don't know about a stat block that's two pages long. I'm not sure that's helping. I mean, it's everything's spelled out, which is nice. Finger of death. This actually looks very familiar to my my simpler lich that I tried to do. So then it's got bonus actions. Eldric aura surrounds itself with a magical rune color glowing aura, right? So the nice thing is like you could you could run a lich, and even if your characters are weaker, you could just skip like the finger of death power. You know, skip these big spells. Skip power word stun. Skip finger of death. Skip disintegrate, and stick to the lower level ones, and it would be pretty lethal. I mean, it'd be pretty fun and it wouldn't just wipe them out. It can cast a spell as a legendary action. That's pretty good. So death aura, each living creature uh, that ends its turn inside the aura, the aura is 10 feet around. It takes 17 necrotic damage. Shield aura, 
35 creates a 35 hit point shield that takes damage instead of that's a spell shield aura any spell cast within the fifth level or lower from outside the spell can't affect anything inside the aura so it can switch this out every turn that's kind of interesting kind of a neat a neat take on the lich it might be fun to run i'm just a little worried that running a real lich against the characters when they're this low level might be a little lethal but i'm definitely going to have father limac is like an undead thing i might go for one of the cobalt press liches that i think are a little bit a little bit more level appropriate so there's a whole thing about the fall of Yethrin. I want to figure out about the Mythalars. So I need, like, I'm changing things up so that there are Mythalars. I think there was a branch of the Netherese who used Chronomancy to try to protect themselves in case their spells went bad, but they weren't able to activate them in time. So down there, there is a Mythalar that can be used. And if the Mythalar does, those who use it will be transported like, you know, 2000 years earlier. You know, I think that that, that could be kind of neat. And it can be a neat ending to the campaign. I don't know how that's going to play out. So then we have the Necropolis. It's a great big place. There's a lot of stuff going on in this, in this, a uh, lot of stuff going on in this, a uh, lot of places to explore, which could be kind of neat. And I don't, I don't see any reason why they couldn't explore. The question is, are they going to bother exploring? Or are they going to head straight in uh, to the vault in the center? And then I guess the question is like, do they need, you know, do we want keys that are required to go to the vault, right? Probably. And then where do they get, we could do the collection key quest where they don't have to get them all. They only have to get three, but you know, three, it takes three, maybe it was like three archmages and the Netherese were required to get down there. I should actually read the thing and remind myself how they're supposed to get down there. You know, does it describe how this works? So we got some fun, these tomb tappers. I'm looking forward to running these guys. What level, so there was a whole level thing here. Let's see about what, what they should, you know. Characters are ninth level when they first arrive at Yethrin. When at ninth level, ninth level, you're you're ready to start taking on things like liches. And the characters are. Let me just take a look at the characters and see. They are eighth. So I think when they defeat, when they when they defeat Teklili and they enter Yethrin, that will be their trigger to go to ninth level, right? And that will be fun. And then and you know, gloves are off at ninth level. I'm I'm not. I don't need to be nice anymore. No more Mr. Nice Guy at ninth level. You got fifth level spells. You can have all kinds of nonsense. So, so I'm not worried about liches. Tomb Tappers. Look at these guys. 200 hit points. CR 10. These guys are pretty cool. You know, two melee attacks with a sledgehammer or with its claws. If it hits the same target, it can pull the creature five feet into its mouth and make a bite attack. Bite is 22 points. Sledgehammer does 27 damage. That's pretty cool. These got plus 10 to hit 27 damage. Two melee attacks with a sledgehammer. 52 points of damage. Woo. So those guys are cool. Yeah, now that I'm really gummy, I'm, what I need to do is I need to just sit on my couch, put on some music, grab another coffee, and read read up the whole Yethrin section again and decide and, and maybe keep my notes nearby and say, what am I going to... Yeah, so here's the story. To, to pass through the force field that surrounds the spire of, of Erothalus and the, the Yethrin Mithlar, and I'm replacing this part, this is going to be the chamber that takes them down to, to Thrun. They, I'm not going to have them require that they do all of these things. Let's explore eight locations in the city and translate. Do we want to have them explore all eight or can they do just a few of them? I think it would be better if there was keys, right? This is kind of puzzly nonsense. I don't think I need that. Lots of ruins, lots of treasures. That, that looks cool. Look at that. that that's going to be great. Oh, look at all the lore. A lot of cool lore. Look at all the secrets they've got. That's great. So I need to like read through these sections. I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to get there today. And if they do, I'll just wing it. And then I'm going to, but I, but I should read up on this place to see which of the places are like, I don't think I, you know, do we need more hags? I don't know if we ever need more hags. So 
I don't know. But yeah, I think I need it's a big it's a big play. Look at that. A lot of cool stuff though. I mean there's a lot of neat things in here, right? A lot of neat neat stuff going on. Is that the Mythalar? That's really cool, the spindle. I need to I need to dive deeper into this and see. Could it be that if do I want to use a demi lich instead of a lich? I don't know. So yeah, clearly I need to spend more time reading up on chapter seven. It's a great big chapter. It's very different than everything else. I have heard that it that it works really well. So um you know, so I think that will work well. Uh, Fanalarn says, could you comment on how you would present the players the city? How do you run such a type of exploration? I would probably, so I don't know. I need to read it more thoroughly, right? I need to read it more thoroughly and, and get a better idea of how I want to run this. But I expect that I will I will put the map out and they will be able to see it and they can decide where they want to go and then I'll narrate it. So almost not quite point crawl style, but pretty close to point crawl style. You know, I'll, cause they'll see it from a ledge and I'll say like, here it is. Right. And you know, they can kind of examine, I'll probably mention a few key points on here and identify those, those few key points and note, note some major things. But then if they see other things on the map and they're like, Ooh, I'd really like to try that place out. I don't think I want them to have to explore nine different locations in order to get nine keys. I think it would be cooler if like in order to get to the central spire, three of the Netherese were required uh, to do it. And that way, you know, only you only need three keys in order to get into the center, but you can pick which three you're going to go hunt down. And, you know, we can do a little bit of a key crawl across the necropolis in order to do that. I think that means we can we can it can steer towards more fun. I guess it would be pretty handy if they had a guide. I don't know who would guide them. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know if there's an NPC in here that there's guide. Why not five of nine? The reason you don't need five of nine is I don't think anyone else is hunting the keys. So it's not a circumstance where they're gonna fail because somebody else succeeded. The five of nine quest works really well when you have two groups going after the same keys. Uh, or or something else. It's the the nine of nine is the bad one. The idea that you need all of them. And it's like, well, one fell down a crevice. You're screwed. That's the problem with an all, you know, a, 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 you know, collect all quests sucks because one person gets away with one key or hose. In this case, it's like this place has been dead for a long time. It's not like anybody else is down here. Click. Actually, that's not true um, because we have a villain here is here. Avarice. We have a secret. Oh, I'm so glad I've been thinking about this, right? I'm so glad we had this conversation. Avarice, the, the last remaining arcane member of the Arcane Brotherhood, seeks entrance into Thrun's chamber and is hunting for keys herself. So in this case, is it bad if she's seeking out three keys and they're seeking out three keys? She may have gotten there faster. I don't know how, but she got there faster somehow. And they might start to get clues. Avarice has traveled through the Caves of Hunger. She used the horn, a horn of blasting to blast through a glacial wall. I think that would be pretty cool. And Avarice is an NPC. I don't know if she's going to show up right now. So there is a competition to get into the tower but it's okay if both groups get enough keys to get it right yeah one of nine key would be very lazy right you know but you want them to explore a little bit more than that so yeah so i think i think that that i think that that would work so my homework between now and the next session like i've got enough to run today's session without any problem but they're going to go into yethrin and i need to be ready for yethrin so i am going to uh take some good time 
and really dig in and read in Yethrin. I'm going to bring a bunch of index cards and a pen, and I'm going to take notes on things that I want to change or, or, or ways that I want to go or ideas so that I'll be able to run it effectively. Because that, from what I heard and what I will say, I, I, I complained about Frostmate in the beginning of the show. And what I will say now is uh, The Caves of Hunger and Yethrin, two big chapters of this book, are really cool. So far, I like those chapters a lot. And so I think that I think that, that will work out. And I want to I give them their due. I want to give them their due. So I think that is it for today's show. So I want to thank uh, everybody for hanging out with me this morning to ponder my uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden game. It is always a great pleasure to hang out with people and to... Uh, do this online. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed this show and you want to help me out, you can subscribe to the Sly Flourish newsletter. You can subscribe to my videos on YouTube. You can support me directly on Patreon, or you can pick up any of my books. So uh, thank you all very much. Have a great day and get out there and play some D&D.